Welcome to Casual Conversations, brought to you by Momentum Ministries, helping you attain, maintain, and regain momentum for life. Let's join the conversation with author and pastor Scott Wade, president of Momentum Ministries. Good morning. This is Pastor Scott, and welcome to Casual Conversations. I'm glad that you're joining with us today. And a few weeks ago, we had a guest on with us, David Gallimore. He's back with us today. Good morning, David. Good morning, Scott. Great to be back with you, my friend. Thank you for coming on. David, you're the pastor at Midland Valley Church of the Nazarene. Where's that located? It's located midway between Augusta, Georgia and Aiken, South Carolina, in a place that uh, we affectionately call the Valley around here. And uh, so, yeah, Midland Valley community, we're very much a community church. God's blessing us with with great days of ministry. Well, I know the last time you were on with us, you told us about um, being stretched by God. Yeah. And your sports ministry here. Right. How that is stretching the church and actually not just stretching the people of the church, but bringing more people to That's Christ. That's correct. That's correct. We uh, see it almost uh, on a weekly basis. And in just some of our research surveys, uh, easily over half of the people that come into our church. Uh, that's the avenue that brings them in is through sports ministry, recreation. It's amazing. <laughs> Praise God. Well, he's stretching you, brother. That's right. I, I see that's that. That's right. And, you know, he's using you as a vessel to to get the word out to other people that yeah. they can be stretched that's too. That's right. I remember a, a few months ago, you were uh, the uh, featured speaker at a ministry assessment weekend here in on the South Carolina district of the Nazarene Church. Right. So at this training weekend, you were the you were the featured speaker, and we have these meetings once a year for new pastors as well as others who are answering the call. Right. But I appreciated so much what you shared with these young pastors and those of us too that uh, more seasoned, I could say. Right. And I'm very seasoned now, <laughs> sixty five years old. I'm yeah. not a youngster anymore. Yeah. But you shared with us, I thought, a message that applied not just to ministers but to anybody who senses God calling them. Yeah. And I think it was seven. It, it was. Seven aspects of the seven call. Seven aspects of, of the call. And I, I, I have a note here that I, I jotted this down when, when you were sharing with us that day. There's no greater honor than being called by God. That's right. Into his service. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No greater honor than yeah. being called by God into his service. Yeah. Something else you told us. I don't know if you remember saying this because I suspect you're a lot like me. You say things that you didn't know you were going to say and that you don't remember you did right. say. Right. But you said you did not choose this job. Yeah. God chose you. That's right. And so when people are answering a call to ministry, that's exactly what it is. God chose them. Yeah. It's awesome. We don't have to go out and manufacture our opportunities. That's right. God is calling us, isn't that's he? Right. I like that scripture in John chapter 15. Uh, it's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible where Jesus talking about the love that, that, that he has for us. And he says, greater love has no one that someone would lay down his life for his friends. And then he goes on and, and talks to his disciples. And I think he's talking to us too. You are my friends. Yeah. If you do what I command, no longer do I call you servants for the servant do, does not know what his master's doing, but I've called you friends for all that I've heard from my father. I've made known to you. And then this is it right here. You did not choose me, yeah. but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, 
and that your fruit should abide. It's good. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Right. And so God has chosen us. Jesus Christ has chosen us as his friends yeah. to, to serve him. And so I want you, if you would, I don't know how much time we have today. We may just get started today. Yeah. I'm not sure. But the seven aspects okay. of God's call. Okay. So I'm just going to say, go for it. All right. Wow. Well, uh, this is certainly a subject that I'm as passionate about as you are. Anyone that's answered a call, it definitely is big, big business, this high, holy calling. So let me just jump right in. Uh, Scott, these are some things that not necessarily in chronological order. I think there, there really is a lot of latitude in uh, our experiences with God. Not every person experiences their call the same way, but I do think all of these aspects uh, ultimately come into play. So uh, I'll just call out uh, each one, seven aspects of the call. Number one, hearing the call. And I would just refer back to the Old Testament and say most people do not have a burning bush experience like Moses had in in my case and most people that I have discipled, mentored, going into ministry. It's just this reoccurring theme in your thought process, and you can't get away from it. And it may come from a sermon. It may come from a song, a devotion. It may happen uh, out of a crisis in your life or a conversation, but there's, there's just this common reoccurring theme that God has a plan for you. And, and God's speaking to you. And when God repeats himself, that's, that's very important. Yeah. We, we need to listen. So for me, the, the call starts with one, hearing the call. Number two, answering the call. Because the fact is, just because God calls us, that doesn't seal the deal. We have to answer. And I don't know about your experience, but I know for me, I ran from it. I uh, found out that I, I cannot outrun God. And uh, as the old black preacher said, my arms are too short to box with God. <laughs> and he's got something for us. He's going to get that message across to us without, uh, uh, there won't be any question. So we hear the call, but then there has to come a time we answer the call. And there's actually, I promise I won't get too deep with this, but there's a great Hebrew word in the Old Testament. It's pronounced hinini. Anybody want to say that uh, out loud, wherever you are and wherever you're listening? He, Nini. And it means, here am I. And that's exactly what happened with Abraham when God called him, when Moses called him, when Samuel uh, was called of God. As God spoke to them, their reply ultimately, after their excuses, I think Abraham's first saying, I'm too old. Samuel, I'm too young. Moses, I can't talk well. After they gave their excuses, uh, they reached this point where they responded, here am I. And probably the most familiar with that word in the Old Testament is Isaiah. When uh, he answers God's call with, here am I, Lord, send me. I, I just bring that up because I want to come back to it at the very end, God's not looking for our resume. When, when we try to maybe tell God that uh, we are, 
equipped. We are good enough. Uh, we've studied. Um, that's not necessarily what God is looking for. He'll give us the tools we need in ministry, but he wants us. That's what it comes down to. He wants, he wants us just to say, I'm available. So we hear the call, we answer the call. And then thirdly, we well, before, so before you go on, yeah. um, I just want to say how true this rings to my experience mm -hmm. to, uh, to hear the call. When I was 16 years old, I preached my first sermon Yeah, and I felt a call to preach, but I didn't really answer the call. Yeah. But there was this recurring theme yeah. over and over. Yeah. And then finally, when I was uh, 30 years old, yeah. uh, was speaking at a, at a, a conference the reoccurring theme became so persistent and so loud in that moment yeah. that here am I. Yeah. And yeah. I remember wrestling with the Lord yeah. about that yeah. because my wife didn't marry a preacher. Yeah. You know, exactly. <laughs> she married a chemist. Yeah. What <laughs> and, am I getting myself yeah. into now? <laughs> so, so when I, when I finally came to that point after this recurring call, and I'm not saying I was, disobedient to god right but i was putting god off yeah <laughs> yeah and, and but here am i yeah and then things really yeah started to happen yeah and it might not be a call to ministry it might be a call to to service in another way it doesn't sure. have to be the preaching that's ministry right or the pastoring ministry but god has a plan for and, you and, and a god, purpose yeah. i think you told the story about alan yeah. He didn't sit on it, did he? That's right. He, you, you prayed with him at the altar and he said, pastor, I got this idea. He's ready Next to go. Saturday he was out there. That's right. It's on the front lawn of the church. That's right. We are passionate about the mission of Christ here at Momentum Ministries. It's part of our DNA and has been since our inception. In conjunction with the Church of the Nazarene, Pastor Scott has participated in mission trips to Cherokee, North Carolina, to impoverished areas of West Virginia, and to the Nazarene Border Initiative in El Paso, Texas. This year, he's helping to organize district work and witness events in South Carolina, Indianapolis, and in Argentina. There is one mission trip that has really captured Pastor Scott's heart. This winter, he is leading a four-member team on a training mission in Argentina. These individuals will be touring two districts, meeting with pastors and church leaders to present workshops on engaging children with the gospel through science, responding Christ-like to an antagonistic culture, turning trials into testimony, a simple strategy for making disciples, as well as other topics. Please pray for Sam, Matt, Greg, and Pastor Scott. Also remember that you can give toward the mission of Christ through Momentum Ministries on our website, MomentumMinistries.org. Now let's get back to Pastor Scott and today's podcast. We've we've come to the point where we hear the call, yeah, and we answer the call. Here yeah. am I. All right, what's next? Right, it, your your illustration fits right in. Number three, surrendering to the call. You heard the call early as a teenager, and yet it wasn't until you're thirty years old. Uh, you heard the call, you answered the call, you've already preached, but to really surrender to that call. Uh -huh. That's that's why I like to make a little differentiation here. Uh, surrendering to the call was when we truly die out to self. This, this is for me now where it got to the point, I cannot do anything else with my life except what God's calling me to do. 
And I had to surrender that. I think, I think there are different calls. As I said, there's different latitudes in play. Uh, and some folks are, uh, I think called to be bivocational pastors, trivocational pastors, uh, lay ministry, whatever the call may be, it can be different, but I, I just want to zero in right now on when God called me, there was this point where I really finally just said, I cannot do anything else but preach. I mean, that's going to be what I do with my life. I was 19 years old and, uh, a lot of people had been telling me that's what God was going to call me to do. And I'd get mad at people, Scott, and I'd tell them, God don't need you to tell me <laughs> what he wants to do with my life. He knows where I live. Well, he kept knocking. And even though I ran for a while, I had, I had heard the call. And I think there was a point when I answered the call and said, okay, I'll do something in ministry. But for me, it got very specific and I had to surrender and man, the night I did that and said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Uh, my life was never the same. So that's surrendering to the call. The call becomes priority. The fourth one I, I mentioned was clarifying the call. And now here we're back to not everybody's going to be a preacher. Not everybody's going to be a pastor. The Bible lists several different gifts of uh ministries and and calls on our lives so clarifying the call that's going to be on the whole journey and and yet it all falls back on that call but we clarify uh, at different points on the journey what god's actually wanting us to do for such a time as this and uh what's next what's so next? uh yeah. i think that's something you've been very uh clear about. So, uh, what I, what I want to encourage someone with today, maybe if you find yourself in a period where it's like, you know, all of a sudden my call doesn't seem clear. God doesn't uncall you. Uh, the call stands, uh -huh. but there can be clarification. There can be a different direction. That's fine. Because when we said, yes, in the beginning that yes is still good today but it, it's probably going to mean uh some adjustment uh, i think all of us have have been in some situations maybe that we really enjoyed were very fruitful and god called us out of it case in point when you spent many years in yeah, evangelism that's exactly right i pastored for 20 years and then i was pastoring a great church out in Oklahoma City and a church taking wonderful care of me and my family, God's blessing. And after 20 years, I had a definite call, almost like we're talking to each other here today, to leave the pastorate and go into full-time evangelism. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to tell you, Scott, I was so spiritual. I just said yes right away and did it. It took me over a year as I wrestled with clarifying the the call that god had on my life at that time but i i was obedient i i did it and answered the call and man god blessed me for 15 years in full-time evangelism crisscrossed this country went around the world telling people about jesus you can trust god when he calls you and so when you clarify that it's just yeah just bringing more blessings yeah and again, it's going to take, it's going to take faith. It's going to take some of that stretching we had talked about in an earlier 
interview, but um, God will always be with us. The fifth thing that I shared, and this, this, this hits with the further we get down the road in our journey, is sustaining the call. Because uh, I think most people understand sometimes the road gets long and hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll, we'll ultimately, I, I promise anybody listening today that's uh, either in ministry or looking at uh, answering a call to ministry, ultimately you'll end up in some hard places. And uh, that's no reason to quit. Uh, God will sustain you even through some of the difficult times I always, always think maybe it's misery loves company, but anytime I've been going through a hard time or a bad time, think of some of the calls God gave to uh, old Testament prophets like uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, you're going to preach to people that aren't going to listen. And, and I love Isaiah. I love Jeremiah. Their response to God is how long, (laughs) how long do I have to do it? Uh And uh, so we'll find ourselves in some, some tough places. I'm into my 40th year of my call. God called me at age 19. I turned 59 uh, here this year. So uh, God sustains us and um, the call keeps us going. Even when uh, we get beat up, sometimes we get beat down. The call's what keeps you going when you go through a pandemic. Yes. Uh, the call's what keeps you going. Um so uh, God sustains the call. And then just a couple of more, number six was the accountability to the call. And what I was really saying that day that you heard me share this was talking with young men and women that are entering the ministry. And I think we do have to realize that there's no place for maverick mentality, Lone Ranger ministry. We need a support system. We're part of a church. We're part of a denomination that offers that. Again, sometimes we can get a little frustrated with the rules and with the qualifications, but all of that's there for a purpose and ultimately for us to be accountable. And uh, we, we need prayer partners. We need people that uh, we can uh, lean on and... Um, just uh, if nothing else, man, you can draw strength from each other uh, in 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 ministry. So, just accountability to the call. Well, when you uh, when you walked into this interview today, I noticed you were carrying a church manual, the Nazarene. <laughs> manual. I thought, man, this dude takes it seriously. I, I, I really wanted to impress you, and I wanted you to call my DS and my general superintendent and let them know, uh, man, this guy is. Such a true Nazarene. He carries the manual around. But what did but you, you said? I, I just said I'd forgot I'd left it in the car several weeks ago and I needed to bring it into my office. No, the spiritual part that you said. All right. You said, you said I, seriously, this will this, protect you. Yeah, the, the structure is, is about accountability. Yep. That's exactly right, Scott. It, it protects us when... Uh, I mean, there, there are times, you know, I may not open that manual for weeks, but man, you get in a bind, you get in a situation where you need some protection, where you need some structure, you need some guidelines, you need a foundation. And, and what everybody needs to know is this, this manual, the most important part of it, 
um, is what we call our articles of faith in the very beginning. That's based on the word of God. That's what we stand on. So then here's how we're going to conduct uh, our church government, polity, structure. And so, yeah, it all comes back to accountability because unfortunately, you, you know, as well as I do, there have been too many casualties yeah. in, in ministry. And uh, I say it like this. There have been so many guys and gals that have loved God as much as I have, if not more, and yet they've fallen. And it's always tragic. It's always sad. But if you research some of those cases, there was very little accountability. And uh, we have to be accountable to the call. I'll throw you in one more quote that I've always loved. We, it's hard to beat uh, instruction from Billy Graham. I mean, won't you? You're, you're, you're pulling out the big stuff. Now. That's, that's <laughs> right. But he, he had a little three-point outline through the, the years that helped him in ministry. Don't touch the girls. Don't touch the gold. Don't touch the glory. Mm-hmm. And, man, that's... Uh, we, this is, a, as we started, it's a high, sacred, holy calling. We didn't choose it. God chose us. And uh, so there's got to be protection. And that's the accountability to the call. And then the last one, um, number seven, was confirmation of the call. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fun. I, I mentioned a Hebrew word way back earlier in this interview Hineni. It's it's where Moses, Abraham, Samuel, Isaiah said, "Here I am, Lord, send me." But what's beautiful in the Isaiah passage, then God turns it around and says back to Isaiah the very same thing: "Hineni, <laughs> I'm here for you." Amen. So isn't that good? Yeah. We answer the call, and God says. I'm here for you. I'm faithful. I'll be with you all the way to the glorious end. Amen. Amen. David, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing with us. Well, I would mention that uh, part of what we do at Momentum Ministries, casual conversations, a part of Momentum Ministries, but part of what we do is to encourage folks. And if you've listened today and you're wondering, maybe you need a little bit of direction for what's next for you. And you'd just like to talk to somebody contact us on the website and uh, we certainly will pray for you, pray with you and uh, try to help you along the journey of answering the call of God. Again, thanks David for sharing the seven aspects of the call. And there is no greater honor than being called by God. Well, God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in to casual conversations. Thanks for listening in on Casual Conversations, brought to you by Momentum Ministries. Visit our website at MomentumMinistries.org. That's Momentum Ministries, with two M's in the middle, dot O-R-G. God bless you and have a great day.